0: Okay, hello, welcome to the Onslaught Game, I'm your host Rob. If you haven't seen or heard of me, if you haven't seen me on YouTube or heard of me on the podcast in the past week or so, I have been in the United States covering Summer Slaughter, which are a bunch of live stream games that you can obviously go check out on the T-Sports Network. Uh, but I am back, and back in the studio for the Age of Sigmar Stat Center. So this is where I look at event results from around the world. I'm recording this on Thursday, normally I record these every single Monday. Okay, a couple of things to talk about uh, with this particular uh, stat center. Um, Number one, we're in Aegis Sigma 3.3. If you don't know what that is, basically we had 3.1, 3.2. So whenever a GHB comes out or an FAQ that's significant enough, we, we, we add a number to it so we know where we are in time. This is Age of Sigmar 3.3. This is basically the GHB Galette Battle Pack. There has been an FAQ on that Battle Pack, but nothing that's particularly changed. They have not FAQ Purple Sun, for instance. They haven't done anything like that. So they pretty much think everything is standard business, which is great. So Age of Sigmar 3.3. Will continue. And if you go and look at the stats on the Honestwargamer.com produced by Ziggy and Rob, you can see uh, you can see the stats for this version of the edition. You can also go back and look at other versions of the edition as well as a myriad of other things that have been produced, but here you can see the stats. So let's just take a quick moment before we look at the event results to look at where the stats are and the first look at the HCMR 3.3 stats anywhere in the world. So, we've only got 13 tournaments in so far, so 823 matches uh, and 1,646 faction results. Now, any army that ever goes above 55% is a problem, any army that goes below 45% is a problem, so that's a top tier and bottom tier. And anything in the middle, the fat middle, 45 to 55%. Now, uh, there's a couple of things here. You'll immediately see Bone Splitters and Sons of hammer at 75 and 63%, however, uh, Bone Splitters is only 10 matches. Uh, And Sons of Behemoth is only 15 matches. So we're going to call those aberrant stats at the moment. And we're not really going to pay any attention to them. Um, So I hope that doesn't upset anyone. We will come back to those as we get more information in the future. Um, uh, Yes. Uh, But um, my personal opinion is Sons of Behemoth will do really well this edition. The stats don't have any information on that. That's obviously anecdotal. Um, but obviously having played Age of for years and also done the stats and live coverage for years, that's my guess. So I reckon Sons of Behemoth are going to do well in this version 100%. Reasons for that are um, they avoid some of the main problems. Purple Sun can't auto-kill them, as an example, uh, which is really nice. Um, many of the armies that might do well probably won't do as well into Sons of Behemoth because they've been classically a DPS check and some of those other armies may not be able to pass that DPS check. In addition, they're great for holding objectives, um, and loads of battle plans exist around the the, the middle. Um, okay, so, but we can look at some armies, which I think are very good, and we can see that they've got quite a few results. So this first one we'll look at, it's got 55 matches, and this is a fascinating one, 57% win rate. This, in my opinion, has got a very high skill floor and a very high skill ceiling. So I actually expect this number to go up potentially i think that they're going to have one of the most successful win rates in age of sigma depending on a couple of factors first things first there's multiple builds you can build a very combat orientated build especially with their strike and fade away ability where they can basically fight and then immediately after fighting teleport away so strong we've already seen people like mr simon weekly using a lariel to do things like this i'm assuming we're going to see people using the Spite swarm hive which gives you plus three to your charge in conjunction with a battle mage from ger in cities of sigma for another plus one uh, for the ability to potentially like have plus four i think there's a way to get plus five to charge or something similar um and then charge in fight and then teleport away doing that with colonel hunters with scythes for example you could even do it with lancers so spike lancers whatever the hell they're called the buglart riders so um or Dirthu and a bunch of stuff so there's definitely fighting builds there's even probably fighting um there's even probably uh fighting castle builds which is where you have the Lady of Vines and you move that up the middle with a bunch of fighting units. I personally think that's also very viable as well, but loads to talk about there. There's also a very heavy magic build, being able to cast spells through trees, and we haven't seen that FAQ'd, so you could potentially cast endless spells through trees, which is a real step up versus uh, being able to take a spell portal, and it's free, which is really strong, so we've obviously got the um, uh, the... The, the Tutor, oh my god, uh, Tree Song Revenant, um, who, Warsong Revenant, Warsong Revenant, uh, who's going to be able to cast spells through a tree um, and do a bunch of spells, in, including Purple Sun, uh, the Warsong Bomb, so it's a War Scroll spell, potentially the Skull Root, which I personally like, but side note on that particular one. Um, Silver Earth's weakness, I think, though, is going to be very, very interesting, in that I think there's a big Iron Jaws resurgence going to occur over the next couple of months, or I think that there should be, but when we look at the meta representation, that might not happen. Specifically because I think Alpha Strike Armies, or Alpha Combat Armies, specifically think about Nurgle, Flies, Iron Jaws, Pigs, will have a really strong game into Sylvaneth, and a strong game into Carriage Overlords, Nighthorn, and Zeench, all of which we're talking about at the minute. And if we look at Iron Jaws right now, they're sat at a 54% win rate, with 21, 21 matches in the bank. So sure, not a lot of results, but I think that you might see more Iron Jaws Armies in the future, personally. Um Alpha Strike and Castle Armies on Castle Missions and Silverless Weakness Sweetness, Jeffrey, I agree. Um, uh, haven't finished painting my iron Jaws I personally think uh yeah, I know deep king could probably do as well as well. Um I don't not sure they're quite as good on the alpha, my personal opinion. Um, I think that uh, I think that them I think that is a really good play, but sure they could avoid some of the shooting. So that's Sylvaneth, and when we look at the meta representation really quickly, uh, just to talk about this, what's exciting is Stormcast Eternals are incredibly popular. Now, before Age of Sigmar three and the launch of the new Stormcast book, they were not the most popular faction, but for most of Age of Sigmar two. From the start of the launch box, it took about two years for Stormcast Eternals to drop off as being the most popular faction, but they eventually did. Obviously, with the launch of the new box, they've exploded as a faction, but were at 15% during Age of Sigma 3.0 to 3.2 in Age of Sigma 3.3. They're only at 10% at the moment. What is exciting, though, is Nurgle were in second place, but Nighthorn, new book, Daughters of Cain, new book, are both at 7%. Sylvaneth, also a new book, at 6%, and then Nurgle at 5.7%. So Nurgle seems to have dropped off. I don't think it's got any less powerful in-game. I just think people may be bored of playing it, which makes sense because it's a pretty boring book. A bunch of flies. I think the, the versions that I really like are using a load of beast and Nurgle. You've probably got a lot of decision points on the tabletop, but it did seem in the last edition that the Nurgle fly build was much stronger. But I imagine pre-game moving, launching a bunch of flies at your opponent, and then not really doing anything but roll dice for five turns probably bores you to piss. Like, And who would want to do that? So... I'm, I'm unsurprised to see the drop-off in them, especially when you've got some very dynamic books. Nighthaunt, incredibly dynamic with Retreat and Charge. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, Daughters of Cain, it's the same book. Like, it's just the same book, but it's really strong before. And Marathi is super fun to play with. Uh, Silverneth though, uh, right up there. One of the most popular armies, in my opinion. People are always painting Silverneth armies. I think pretty much everyone has a Silverneth army, just because it's just super cool. Um, and they're at 6.6% of the meta. And then Deepkin up at 54 Skaven at 4.5. Now I actually expect Skaven's numbers to drop off severely. They didn't really do anything in the new book to really encourage Skaven. Sure, sure, you've got a deceiver build. Whatever. Yeah, sure, you can make one vermin lord really fighty. Other than that, it's just the same fucking thing. Um, and that's not that exciting. No new models either. So uh like I think you'll see that I think I think. We'll, and we'll see. At the end of this edition, uh, you'll have seen um, Skaven drop off pretty drastically uh, over the past over the next few months, uh, because I think that they're fine. Um, uh, like, like I think they're fine, but I think they're going to drop off pretty drastically in popularity. Not necessarily in win rate, but in popularity, I'm sure. Um, however, Sylvaneth, I think, may even increase in popularity as people see their usefulness on the tabletop and as people paint things to actually go on the tabletop, uh, especially Wildwoods, etc. Um, Nighthorn, unsurprised. They're one of the cheapest armies to buy into in Age of Sigmar. Obviously, there's the part works, boxes, uh, a magazine that you could buy in. Um, and so, like, it's a very cheap and easy buy-in, the, the Nighthorn uh, book. Um, so I'm unsurprised to see its popularity, especially when it's very fucking good. It's very fucking good. Not against pigs, though. FYI. Mm. Saving a great fun, but fun isn't really what Series 20 players are looking for. Lee Taylor, I agree. Also, they're not... Um, also, another little factor, which uh, with Skaven, a lot of it's rolling dice. Um, like you want to try and maybe put Thangkwal in a, bowl, a boat, as Hazel is saying in the chat. Maybe. Maybe you want to do that. Again, what an incredibly dumb play. Um... It's just a tricksy army which really relies on spellcasting in lots of ways. Even even uh being able to teleport um uh even being able to teleport units is spellcasting, with the exception of the Norholes, uh for you like tricksy Alpha Strike bombs or whatever. And we're gonna be in a huge anti-magic meta. Okay? Anti-magic, not necessarily magic, because some of these armies are really relying on magic. Looking at you, Silvaneth. Really relying on magic. Um, and so uh, being able to shut down their magic is going to be pretty key. Uh, and so I think we'll move into a very anti-magic meta, personally. Especially with the launch of Song, uh, of I no, Lumineth Realm Lords and Zinch to come. Okay. Uh, okay, if you don't have cheese-themed Skaven army, are you even playing Skaven? Oh yeah, FYI, there was a cheese-themed Skaven army at Summer Slaughter. And it was perfect in every single way it's the most perfect thing i've ever seen it's perfect the purple sun was a ball of cheese i will be doing a deep dive on that that is the only play way to play skaven that's in my opinion um uh what was the channel i don't think i got nearly that many i would say you can rely on magic depending on the build with silver you can rely on it maybe auto unbind still exist in the game though right okay so we talked about Silver death carriage overlords are an interesting one carriage and overlords have become like a very interesting one we don't have a lot of tournament results in here oh i should i should do a quick nod to bone splitters fyi bone splitters seems to be orientated a lot around the big stabber meta okay so a bit of big stabber memes lots of people around the world usa england um and i think over in the continent as well so europe uh have been f- playing around with a load of big stabbers and were god profits and enjoying themselves um i think it's a pretty uh so interesting it, interesting build uh, interesting thing about that it's an alpha strike combat army okay with that said that's going to play really well into some of the other builds out there nighthorn and uh seraphon that's uh, sorry and silverneth so i think that may be why we see it will we, we'll, why we will see it do well potentially Okay, I just thought I'd mention that. Character of the Lords, interesting one, very interesting one. Um, obviously, they got access to Purple Sun with Spell in a Bowl, and that's going to become pretty key, I think. Cajun Overlords really struggled in Age of Sigmar 3.0, 3.2 because they didn't necessarily have enough rend to puncture a lot of the big armor saves that we saw in the game. Also, we were playing at one point Hero Hammer. Zinch was very strong, Nagash, and a bunch of the other characters with save stacking. Marathi was incredibly popular as well, and so being able to shoot stuff to death was very hard, especially when they had like plus one bajillion to their save. Carriage and Overlords, now, a now, load of their big monsters have, have gone away. They've had FAQs, they've changed around a little bit. Sure, Cragnos is still running around, but who gives a fuck about Cragnos? Only Craig Bros. and I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, so I've never been interested in Cragnos. However, Carriage and Overlords are pretty cool because they're able to take a, uh, a spell, any Endless spell put it into a spell in the bottle, and then drop it on the enemy army. That's quite fun, because it means all of their spells are now... All of their shots are now rend too, basically. Sometimes even rend higher. And that means that they can really alpha strike something to death if the Purple Sun doesn't auto-lift something. And you don't really get a choice about it. You can't really screen against it because of fly high and the Zilfin move. So to fly high, move, and drop it on you, which is pretty terrifying. So I personally think... I personally think uh, the Courage of Overlords will see even more play. They're incredibly uninteractive in, in Age of Sigmar. Um, and they're a 40k port over. They're a very weird book. My least favourite army to stream all the time. Even the wonderful Carl from Seasons of War couldn't make it uh, couldn't make it he's beautiful, but the army itself is not. Um, but yeah, an incredibly strong Alpha Strike army, and I think we'll see the meta representation of the Courage Overlords go up as people just Drop a bunch of boats, drop a purple sun, shoot something to death, and teleport away. Um, uh, So there we go. Wait, why is. (laughs) Uh, Right, I certainly hope so. It would make total sense to bin the magic stuff and throw stonks up for the cow Sales, right? Missouri, you are right, 100%. But they probably won't. more magic is good counter to magic. More magic is a good counter to magic, but anti magic is the strongest counter, right? You could play Stormcast right now, and if you weren't such a tight fisted wanker, yeah, you would just spend a few points on a Night encounter, right? But instead, instead, you just want that little extra powerful unit. Like it's the same way the Silverlath armies that eventually put screens in their army, as opposed to just having tree revs, will do better in the long run. Because they'll actually be like, okay, I understand I have to sacrifice some points so I don't get turn wand. Right? Um But we'll see. Uh, so Mike Slug says, am I the only one hoping that LRL versus Inc sees them both lose auto unbind abilities? Now that's pretty key because if they do lose it, then Stormcast are in an even stronger position for being able to have their auto unbind. But an auto unbind is very strong in this edition. You want to put Thankwall in the boat? Auto unbind. Yeah? You want to tell you want to, you wanna cast Spite Swarm Hive? Auto-unbind, right? There's some really good options for being able to make people not do their entire... Like, lots of people are building lists. And, I mean, even if you don't have that, you've got Nagash, big pl- pluses to unbind. You've got Arcan, big pluses to unbind. Croak, <laughs> unbind anywhere on the board, okay? Corn um, uh, has an auto-unbind as well, right? Uh, so, anyway... That's, that's what I want to talk about. So anti-magic still strong. Right, Carradine Overlords, but in a really good place. Carradine Overlords is in a very excellent place inside the game. Nighthorn. Okay, let's talk about that very quickly. The castle build that doesn't seem like a castle build. When you read it, it reads like an MSU army. However, the knight Cruciator is so key to this army. 12-inch bubble of minus 1 damage to a minimum of 1. Sees the Nighthorn army, B very effective in-game its output is crazy specifically because of the charges which can reduce your saves make you fight last it's got retreat and charge Nighthorn and Sylvaneth have got the most decked set of allegiance abilities when I read uh, the Deepkin set of allegiance abilities I was like wow this is a real suite of abilities. I really didn't think Age Sigmar, with the Iron Jaws, oh sorry, with the Uruk War Clans and also the Stormcast book, I really didn't think we'd see anything particularly magnificent when it came to battle traits from allegiance abilities in this edition. I didn't think Games Workshop were going for nuance, nor did I think they were going for anything that had a particularly high skill cap. However, they have done that. And much to my surprise, and also much to my enjoyment, Age of Sigmar has just got better and better and better, in my opinion, over the past, like Age of Sigmar 3.0, well, sorry, Age of Sigmar 3, because it's just got better and better and more and more complicated books. Um, the Silver Death Army is an absolute noob destroyer. That army you could put on the tabletop, someone doesn't know how you do it, and it's just going to wreck your teeth. You're not going to have any clue why you lost, and you're also not going to know why you can't engage with someone. It's going to be horrible. Um, similar for Carriage and Overlords, but it's an old book, uh, and I would also say similar for *Nighthorn*. you're still not going to understand what you're doing. *Nighthorn* have got great anti-magic uh, in Mimron Banshees, which is pretty key, uh, and also... Um, They've got amazing output, and they normally play as a castle build so they can fight around the Knight Cruciator. However, they do have one factor that makes them slightly worse in this battle pack in that all of their units, other than Hexrace, Race, of course, are Galician veterans. And I think things like Iron Jaws as an example, I'm just obsessed with Pigs at the minute. I'm going to have to play them at tournament, because I think that they're going to do really, really well. Um, we'll do crazy good into Nighthaunt. Uh, if we, again, if we just take a look at the meta representation, I think Pigs do well into Nighthaunt, which is 7.5% of the meta. I think they do well into Daughters of Cain, which is 7.2% of the meta, and Silverneth, which is 6.6% of the meta. I don't think they do that well into Deepkitten, um, or Um, uh, Nurgle which are both uh, 10% of the meta combined so not quite as good into that but there we go Uh, they're really strong they're really quick to play they're very confusing and almost importantly if you just roll loads of four ups with Nighthorn you just win any game so that's how it works right like you just you just roll four ups you can just win any game with Nighthorn by just rolling four ups it's that simple because they ignore rend and in that you can just win any game some armies don't get that choice and won't get that choice all the time so incredibly defensive great output um only negative is that they're galician veterans um that's the only negative okay just jumping down to iron jaws i've talked about those plenty disciples of zinch uh, about to get a new book so i don't think there's much to talk about with them but i think they're in a great place Um, especially with auto unbinds ability to destiny dice purple suns there's a bunch of stuff you can do uh, with Zinch, uh, I recently played a, a tournament I think they're in a really good spot right now uh, mainly because of how the meta and all the, the game is for them uh, but obviously there's a new book coming soon Seraphon at 53% uh, we've seen a bunch of people using Fangs of Sotek and remembering that that and Draco's Tail, which is the two other versions of Seraphon that have always been really good in conjunction with Thunder Lizard are amazing Croaks, obviously, in that army with the most amazing pluses to cast and pluses to unbind, in conjunction with Chronomantic Cars, getting a War Scroll change in the galette Battle Pack. Incredible stuff. Just incredible stuff. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. Uh like Seraphon in an amazing place right now, and as they always are. Salamanders don't give up points anymore. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. Salamanders at one point were 80 points, and I know it's not important now. But it still is really important to remember that a unit that is probably still the most points effective unit in Age of Sigmar, fight me on that, in the comments, tweet me, whatever, used to be 80, Used to be basically 50% off. It's crazy, it's crazy, it doesn't matter. Um, Seraphon got so many good tricks, pluses to cast, pluses to unbind, teleports, mortal wounds for days, damage for days. Um, the only thing that probably str- they struggle with when they play in uh, Draco's Tale or they play in um, uh, they play in the the Skink one, which I just said a minute ago, Fangs of so tech, is that they really really struggle to obviously uh, alpha charges, which is what Thunderers is so good at surviving. Deepkin at fifty two percent. Deepkin's a, an interesting one. I really thought that book would be stronger. Uh, maybe the skill cap is slightly higher with Deepkin. Uh, probably a bit dicey. They've got a lot of like really quality attacks, but you don't roll well on them. That's going to that's gonna ruin your game. Uh, they're fast. They're effective. Um, I'm not really sure why they're at 52%, but it's, it's a little bit above average. Uh, but I feel like they're definitely stronger than like, Zeech, as an example. Um, but maybe people are just playing them wrong, uh, and that happens a lot. Uh, people think something's the meta list, and it's really not the meta list, so there you go. Uh, safe start list at 52%. Uh, I don't think that's much, there won't be much data on that, and there isn't, so we'll come back to that another time. Um, Skaven, 51%, uh, 35 matches, by the way, so they've they've ended up bang on in the middle, which some people would say is great. Um, I would say that maybe, uh, I would say it's not a particularly adaptable book. Um, it's going to, it's a book where you're already trying to eke out as much of the positive from that book as possible, um, and so I expect that number to go down. I know I'm, I'm sounding like a big Skaven downer, I don't want to be. Um, I think Skaven's a super cool like theme uh, but I think that they really just copy pasted it because eventually there's going to be a bunch of new models um, and we'll get the, the big suite there they clearly spent all of their time on the Silver Death book book version that release BeastScale's 51% uh, pretty interesting, uh, probably one of the strongest armies in the game right now, rules wise uh, completely defeated by Horogast um, if everyone puts it in their list uh, I expect that number to be higher that's 23 matches, but we'll see um uh uh now on as much one W strong saves more half a deep i guess that's true uh Doors of kane 50% at the moment um sure it's just the same books Morathi and the Bow snakes a bunch of people right now are playing moratti and the fighty snakes just cuz they're like lazy uh or not lazy sorry that's the wrong word uh they're playing marathi and the fight snakes because they want something different but your book is still marathi and the fight snakes sorry ladies and gentlemen and MBs of the uh, mortal realms uh that's what your book is go back to it get on with it however if you do want to look at a really interesting list on the honestwargamer.com there is a daughter's cane list which requires loads of witch elves uh written by jeffrey mazura and i'll link it in the show notes below which is really good yeah uh, and you should absolutely go check it out. But, Marathi in the Bow Snakes deals with so many problems. So many problems. You need to shoot a Night Cruciator? Marathi in the Bow Snakes. Yeah? You want to teleport in and start murdering a Warsong Revenant and or other stuff? Marathi in the Bow Snakes. Yeah? You want a big alpha combat that no one can fight away? Marathi in the Bow Snakes. That's all it is. Yeah? Uh, so just late-time miniatures. I love you. I love you too. Thank you very much. Yes! <laughs> Hello, Owen Jackson and everyone from the Cracker Barrel. Uh, Cities of Sigma—they lost obviously uh, their good build in Living City, and now you've got a bunch of. Um, I think they're going to struggle a lot because all of their armies are Galivets, but we'll see. They're at 50%. No, down to 50. Sure, I don't think as many people are playing them. I think that's the one. Blades of Corn up to 49%. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. They've had some changes. Uh, it'll be see- fun to see if that carries on, but we'll work that out. Um, I think Blades of Corn uh, needs a new book, but. People are pushing bloodthirsters around. Brown can slap. Lots of the battle plans are in the middle. You can murder some stuff. Like just push Brown around. Maybe push a Boomthirst or two in. You could potentially see some play. It's a weird army. It's an army that doesn't get points for killing. Gets points for dying really. Uh, And so it's battle traits really let it down. Uh, But there might be some more Blades of corn play. Fire Slayers, unsurprisingly at 47%. Uh, Gets up to 45% after the boost. Still not enough data on that right now, but hopefully we'll see some more in the future. And then everything else I'm not gonna talk about. The only thing to talk about is, I think actually arcs down here at 32% are in a better place than that makes. it. see though, it did have a 5.0 recently and it was really good, uh, played by Swaggy. So that's everything uh, from our initial set of information and that's my feelings and thoughts. Now, I'm not necessarily right on this information. This is just what I think, yeah? I'm just a talking head who looks at this information every week. In detail um, so that's how I feel about it so far and uh, now let's look at some event results from around the world so our first event takes us to New York City which I was in. I was in at the weekend I was well not at the weekend last week so I was in New York City uh, and we had a uh, event uh, called the Salt City GT with 31 players now Luke Scannell won the event with five wins so he went 5-0 as you can see here, with Maggotkin of Nurgle. Now, I haven't looked at these lists yet, so it's going to be my first time looking at them. Let's just take a moment to look at them. Uh, He was running uh, Filthbringers. Oh, my fucking (laughs) god! What? (laughs) Okay, let's talk about this list, this Maggotkin of Nurgle list in Filthbringers being run by Luke Scannell. He went 5-0 at the Salt uh, City GT, and it's an incredibly cool list, pretty original, or I haven't seen it do well before. Thanks Vols and Riot for subscribing, appreciate you a lot. Haven't seen this do so very well before, I'm going 5.0 It's really fun. Now, I had to take a moment with the chat to work out exactly what's going on in this list, and it's really, really interesting. You've got three Rot Rock Coven Rotbringer Sorcerers okay in this list and being inside filth bringers means that you get to add if they're all within three inches of each other one of the wizards is going to get plus two to cast and the brock bringing in cover and sorcerer uh, with the arcane tone means that they're going to be a, a two cast maybe a three cast wizard actually it's us a moment to look at it um yeah two cast wizard the key to this army is this ability tainted endless spell if, this, if the unit summons an Endless Spell, which you but you do by casting a spell, then for the purpose of the disease battle trait, that Endless Spell is treated as a unit with the Maggotkin of Nurgle keyword, which means when you end up with an Endless Spell near your opponent's army at the end of the movement and combat phase, they're going to get apply a disease point. And because the range of those Endless Spells are pretty... The bases of those Endless Spells are pretty big, especially because um, he decided to take... Uh, Purple Sun, which obviously can auto-slay something, but is on a really big base and moves really far. Ravenax, Lashing Jaws, which, when summoned, gets to reroll how far it goes and goes really far. And then Quicksilver Swords, which also goes really far. Thanks, Twisted Tree, in the chat for saying I look hot. You look hot, right? Um, and they apply those disease mechanics very early. So they're a little castle that just throw onto the opposing army, and then they just start applying disease points. So already you got that ticking clock of disease points, which, at the end of the shot phase, for every disease point on a unit, you roll a dice, on a four-up, they take a mortal wound. However, it can be a three-up sometimes, etc., etc., uh, which is really hot. He's um, also got Morbidex twice-born in the list, a block of 10 Putrid Blight Kings, which is 41 wounds, I'm pretty certain. Um, with a 5-up ward save, obviously they've got 4-up save, Mystic Shield, 3-up save, All-Out Defense, 3-up Ignoring Rend 1, 5-up ward save, that's pretty tanky. And then 2 of 10 Plague Bearers, which is 20 wounds apiece, uh, so you're looking at, um, at 80, 80 wounds or so as a screen, then Plague Drones and 3 Nurglings. This is genuinely one of the most unique lists I've seen in a while um, and is why the beginning of an edition is so very exciting because you get these really fun janky builds where people haven't worked stuff off, uh, haven't worked stuff out and, um, and build something great together. I'm definitely going to do a list deep dive on this because this is really, really fun and I'm really, I r- love this. I think this is incredibly exciting as a list. Love it um, and congratulations. Uh, to Luke Scannell, because uh, what a cool, cool list. Whew. Looking at the 4-1 list, looking at the 4-1 list, we've got some pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting lists. we got Garth Scannell with his Fire Slayers from Great Feared, Tyler Bushy with his Blood Tooth's Iron uh, Jaws list, Alexander Belanga with his Night Haunt list, which I'm pretty certain is in Scarlet Doom, And Jeff Weed with his Cruel Boys list and Raymond Squires with his Maggotkin of Nurgle list. The Cruel Boys list is pretty exciting uh, because you genuinely don't expect them to go 4-1. So well done to Jeff Weed uh, and I think that's really good. Everything else I would say I pretty much expect to be able to achieve a 4-1. Fireslayers I think need a bit of luck and a bit of skill to get them up that 4-1 bracket in my personal opinion. Uh, looking at the Nurgle list out of that 4-1 bracket, it had Blobe, Orgots, Lord of Afflictions, four Puskal Blight Lords, um, 20 Plague Bearers, a unit of 10 Plague Bearers, and another unit of 20 Plague Bearers, uh, and uh, so yeah, just a really tanky mid-board list. I expect to see lists like this quite a bit. This is all in Expert Conquerors, by the way, um, or some units are in Expert Conquerors, specifically uh, those units of Plague Bearers, um, so they're going to be great for holding objectives, but um, uh, <laughs> uh, right, so, like, a uh, really good list there. Congratulations. Uh, the Uruk Walkhounds list um, for Cruel Boys had the One-Eyed Grunach, a Snatcher Boss on Sludraker Beast, two Swamp Caller Shamans, 18 Bolt Boys, 10 Gut Rippers, and 10 Hobgrot Slitters. Now, a uh, very interesting list, specifically using One-Eyed Grunwick, uh to tank the enemy army. Uh, so that your bolt boys can do all of the damage in conjunction with your statue of solid beast who's a great combat unit in of itself. I would really like to see some people if they want to do well with Cruel boys list we discussed it in the chat. I'm pretty certain an incarnate would do really really well um, in a um, a cruel boys army because it ties up the enemy army while your battle line uh, bolt boys do loads and loads of damage. Um, might struggle into alpha combat armies uh, but I think that I think that that's a really great list. Uh, personally, uh, and one eye doing the same job here, but maybe a little bit more expensive for maybe not same the effect as maybe an Incarnate would be able to do. Um, so, yeah, really exciting to see that, uh, and I'm sure Crawlboy's fans are going to be going crazy. Uh, the fireside list is a rune, Uruk Runefather of Magmadroth, a Rune Master a Batsmith, and an Uruk Rune Smiter, then 15 Hearthguard twice, and 10 Volkite Berserkers, with a Molten Infernoth and the Runic Firewall. I imagine the grand strategy yeah master of the forge they've got a great grand strategy where you just have to keep one of uh the um invocations on the board and you get three points at the end of the game the galette battle pack in my opinion is really 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 good uh because it's all about those very fine edges on scoring points i think even going up one and holding more than your opponent in some of the battle plans is going to decide the game but I think these grand strategies are going to become very key, especially these very easily achievable grand strategies, because just being able to have an invocation on the board um, is the same as holding more objectives than your opponent uh, for one turn. Um, uh, oh, nice. Uh, okay, so great Fire says list there. Loads of combat from the Hearthguard Berserker blocks, and obviously backed up by the Runefather of Droth, which is crazy in combat, crazy damage, uh as well as the runemaster and battlesmith and runesmiter um tyler bushy uh had a mega boss and more crusher two war chanters two times six pigs three times three pigs and the purple son of sheesh because his mega boss or more crusher had the arcane tome uh mount trait was a fasten and he had the law of the weird basham lads he also had the command trait touched by the wire which does d3 mortal wounds and gives you that to cast again pluses to cast coming really key in this edition um, and then the Night Haunt list was Scarlet Doom with the Guardian Souls, Rikidor the Grimhaler, two Spirit Torments, two Cruel Gas Cruciators which stack, so minus two damage uh on uh two lots of twenty blade ice revenants and three times three spirit hosts and some chain gasps and the purple sun I need a purple sun emote. Like that's what we're doing. We're getting a purple sun emote in the chat. That, that's my next job today. Write this down. Purple sun. Write this down, purple sun emote going in the chat right now. Um uh mortal wounds when you charge from the blade guys revenants, which is really good. Spirit host tank for all the characters, which make minus damage, which is uh pretty pretty solid. Lots of characters in here though, not quite as many bodies. The double spirit torment mean you get to return three models to two individual units at the end of combat, which is really good on those blade ice revenants, making sure they stay alive for as long as possible. Um and then the other oh that's it. I think that's everything. We've talked about it. Nurgle, Nighthorn, Iron Jaws, Flyers, yeah. So that's the Salt City GT for Age of Sigmar. A massive shout-out to Luke Scannell for a really exciting list that went 5 out. So, at the Outlaw Open at the LSO, so the Lone Star Open, uh, we had about 50 players playing, uh, which was cool. Uh, a bunch of people down there in Texas. I think it was at Dallas. It was in Dallas, not the TV show. Now, Josh Bennett won it with Daughters of Cain. He's in the chat, and he is going to do us a write-up on TheHonestWarGamer.com, so looking forward to that. Uh, So he was running a Daughters of Cain list. Let me just find it very quickly. Um, uh, In Xanthakai, Xanthakai, which means you've got uh, Battle Lion Snakes, and he had marathi and the shadow queen of course a uh, blood medusa who was the general uh, and then he had two lots of ten witch elves and then 15 fighty snakes chronomatic hogs for the re-roll especially useful on mind and then gotrek Gunrisson. he had a battle regiment and bounty hunters i think that makes him a three drop army Gotrek was in um, bounty hunters as was the 15 fighty snakes meaning you get plus one damage against galician veterans now he's in the chat um, and he was talking about uh, his list, and he said that he prefers Gotrek over the Spine Incarnate, even though it's more expensive. So, uh, looking forward to see his write-up. Fighty Snakes obviously got the ability to fight in the hero phase, along with Marathi. Not in conjunction; like they both can't fight. They both they can't both fight in the hero phase, but one of them can fight in the hero phase. Um, and those uh, blood sisters will do some pretty crazy damage. Um, also, really fast um at the start of the game uh, and shadow queen can get straight in there in combat so it really fun to see especially uh, a non-bow snake build uh, this is kind of everything that daughters came players have wanted for a long time is to be a fighty army uh so congratulations congratulations to josh for doing so well now in the four one bracket well we had a four and a half bracket which was christopher shelling and jacob mathias uh then you had randall brasher uh, so jacob was running uh, Ogre Moor tribes in Blood Gullet, uh, which is really interesting. This actually double butcher with cogs for reroll cast a frost sword on Stonehorn, as well as Kragnos, and then some battle line uh, Mornfang cavalry. I quite like that, there's some good spells. Minus one save was really fun, plus one damage on the mount attack. As well, uh, on a Frostmourne Stonehorn, it's pretty good damage. Might as well hit spell as well. Reroll cast being really useful. Uh, also being able to just do the more D3 Mortal Wounds on a 4-up. Keep rolling it. Get it out there. Love that. I think that's really fun. Uh, Sons, of Be- uh, Sons of Behemoth was a one-drop Double Great Breaker, Double War Stomper list. I really expect that to continue on. So shout-out to Christopher Schelling from Harambe's Heroes. Then you've got Randall Basher from the Austin Weirdobs with a Carriage-On Overlords list. Uh, he was running a double Ironclad, a spine Incarnate, and then the Warp line of Vortex in zilfin minimal battle line. So kind of what we said earlier with being able to drop the Purple Sun into your opponent's army. Um, this is more like a movement debuff army, so slowing your opponent down and then shooting you off as much as possible while an Incarnate fights you, which is quite fun. Uh, don't forget that spell will be wild, so the Incarnate should be able to eat it, I'm pretty certain, because it's a wild spell because it's not cast by you. Um... Uh, (laughs) Uh, And then you had uh, Dylan Cochran with his Nighthaunt Right Condemned, and then Cliff Pope with his Sons of Behemoth, and then Jonathan Shellis with his OCR Bone Reapers. And we haven't looked at a couple of these lists, so let's just take a moment uh, to look at them. Uh, The uh, let me just find them, one second. The Osharp Bone reapers this was Arcan, Mortis and Bone Shaper, and Soulmason. Two lots of 20 Mortech Guard, two lots of 10 Mortec Guard, two Mortec Crawlers, Cogs, Purple Sun, and Bone Tithe Shrieker. Now, some great tech in there. That Bone Tithe Shrieker has got a not wholly within 12-inch aura that means you can't use Rally or Inspiring Presence, which is nice when you throw the Mortech Crawler at a couple of units and you make them battle Shock off the board. Really enjoy that as well. Cogs for the reroll roll casts, which is really really useful on Arcan. So he's an incredibly good wizard. And then the purpose on Ashish also really effective as well. Because don't forget, Arcan's got command ability to in- extend the range of spells by six inches, which is really good. Then backed up by a very defensive front line in those two lots of twenty more tech guard. All of which are in bounty hunters, so they're getting plus one damage against other galivet units, uh, and then a unit of two ten mortec guards, which are expert conquerors are so going to count as thirty on an objective. So you've got twenty mortec guards that counts twenty. And then they've got uh, they got all that additional damage. I personally think OCR Bone Reapers are in a really good space, and I also think um, as long as there's not too much shooting inside the meta, this Arcan build, which you've already saw Swaggy ShadowSword do super well last week, and is a list you can read on the SwagGamer.com list rundowns, um, was amazing. It's amazing um i think it's really fun i don't think it's like 5-0 all the time as we can see here it went 4-1 but i think that being able to affect people's battle shocks stop people's rallies and also have some really strong magic and anti-magic with Arcan is a great build so absolutely love this um like really really like this uh our sons other sons of behemoth list uh was a war stomper a Gatebreaker. Uh, and then two lots of three Man Crushers, uh, which were all in a Bounty Hunters list. So fun to see that. Uh, and then our Night Haunt list was a Quicksilver Dead, so a Guardian of Souls, a Cruel Gas Crusader, Spirit Torment, and or the Grim Haler. Then two lots of 20 Dreadscythe Haradins, three Spirit Hosts, and five Hex Wraiths. Uh, Chronomantic Cogs and Purple sun of she. So the reroll casts. Oh, and the Banshees. Banshees, 105 points, probably the best unit for anti magic in Age of Sigmar. Uh, 12-inch aura where you can uh, do a second unbind attempt uh, whenever it affects a unit within range. Uh, Also, the ability to stop endless spells on uh, what its casting value is as opposed to whatever you actually cast it at. Uh, So let's say the casting value is a 5, but it's a 10. I've only got to roll 6 as opposed to an 11, which is really good. 105 points. Mimram Banshees, probably one of the best units in the game at the moment in the anti-magic meta. Uh, Everything else about Nighthaunt, uh, i've said previously uh, but that's a really strong pick uh and then our carriage and overlords list we talked about okay so shout out to everyone there especially josh bennett for doing so well uh jacob mathias definitely with his ogre more doing really good uh it should be super chuffed for yourself uh and then i think also like a really big fan of that ocr bone reapers list being pushed forward by jonathan shell Sch- Schleizers. sorry bud i've got that wrong feel free to dm me and call me a dick i apologize but great list Great list. And uh, I absolutely love that. Uh, oh, thanks, Dr. Q. Uh, right, okay. So uh, over in Germany, you had Mini Paradise Anniversary Tournament. Okay, so it was won by Tobias Schwartz, formerly of The Honest Wargamer, uh, with his disciples of teen Chaos list. Uh, Tobias had uh, an incredible, incredible uh Leisure of the first prince list that he played at Air West Worlds. One of the best armies, if not the best army I've ever seen. Uh he was running at Host Arcanum, Unbind 135, pre-game move, D3 flying units. Um and he was taking a lot of change uh with Wellspring of Arcane Might for Reroll Casts. Um he has Spell Hunters, which is the 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 pre-game move thing. Um and then he has Kairos uh, a change caster for up to six casts per turn for summoning fate points that's bonded to the Binding carnet and then village the Cursling, the ability to unbind the spell recast the spell uh, as i recently took village to a tournament i'm a huge fan 3x3 three three screeners Battle Battleline, incredible for battle tactics uh, and for screening. And then the Incarnate of Gur with Umbral Spell Portal, Cogs, and Burning Head. The Spell Portal is obviously really good with Kairos, talked about this time immemorial, but obviously do flat six mortal wounds at an incredible range and generate a spawn is really, really good, especially in shooting units or for killing a character uh, that's fairly important and it's almost infinite range and almost unable to stop. Uh, Chronomantic Cogs for reroll casts and then the Burning Head um uh for casting and unbinding basically um so yeah it looks like there's not a lot on the surface of it if you actually look at a list like this but actually you're doing so much spellcasting casting that you're doing a lot of summoning and that change uh that incarnate of zeech obviously is protecting you initially in the first turn to stop your opponent from charging you um so absolutely love that list i think it's really good there's loads of little techie bits in there as well uh binding uh, the change caster to the incarnate so you get pluses to cast as well as the agenda uh, so you can just get as many fate points as possible um, the shield of fate is really good uh, curseling for re-roll unbinds is super strong wellspring of arcane might uh, between lord of change and kairos you getting a lot of spells off basically um, so really fun uh, we also had a bunch of four ones we had bastion with the stormcaster cast this with karazai lord castellan gardus a battle mage for the plus two to charge two times five liberators five vanquishers two Draconian Guard Tempestors, and a unit of Formulators, and some Praetors. Honestly, I don't know what's going on with that list. I really don't. Like, uh, he's obviously got the Tempestors and Formulators in the list, uh, but he's also got Karazai as well. With Mas- uh, sorry, Karazai. He's also given his Lord Castellan, who's going to give plus one, save to something, uh, the Master of Magic and Arcane Tome. So plus one to Wound on a unit as well. Um, the Lumeth Realm Lords list is Lord Regent, Hurricane Windmage. This is run by Daniel Palmer uh, and a scenario law seeker. He's got three lots of ten wardens and two units of thirty sentinels, which is great with cogs and ravelax dashing jaws. Obviously, they can do lots of shooting at range. Um, Lucas Ratcheck was running a silver death list in art revenant, war revenant, um, branch witch, and the battle mage for the plus two to charge in conjunction with. spite swarm hive that you're able to cast as well then he's got six kernoth hunters with great bows don't forget the plus one to wound from the revenant also applies to them so i think that they can be on threes and twos uh 30 thirty-inch shots and then six kernoth hunters with scythes same thing uh, loads of crazy output from those guys as well in combat, and then three Revenant Seekers for being able to heal up those Kurnoth Hunters, uh, you can return one at the end of like a movement phase, and some jank with when you teleport, and when you don't teleport, and being able to reply them, which is crazy good, uh, and I love that, uh, so great list there, really good, like this is this is, this is I would say this is not cookie cutter uh, Warsong Revenant with Spellsinger in there as well, um I wouldn't say it's cookie cutter, but I'd say it's. I'd say you can see Arch Revenant a lot, Warsong Revenant a lot. Maybe not the Branch Witch as much. Probably the Battle Mage for these versions of the lists with Spiteswarm Hive. Then those Great Bows are great. Uh, and the Scythe Hunters are great. Tree Revenants are great. So incredibly good stuff. Uh, Andreas Holter was running Dyke Di- Draconis uh, as the general. Uh, and then 4 Storm Drake Guard, 3 units 2 Storm Drake Guard in Bounty Hunters and Battle Regiment for a 3 drop. So his unit of 4 Storm Drake Guard. Uh, and his unit, two Stormtrake Guard and Bounty Hunters, to do loads of extra damage. Um, still lots of mortal wounds and output from them, and I think Stormtrake Guard are really good, as proven, for 1. The big shout out, though, has to go to. Uh, let's just quickly talk about. Oh, there's one Nurgle list, which is Lord Afflictions, Bellacore. Two units of four plus Guards, two call Blight Lords, and a single. Still one of the best lists in the game, in my opinion. Three drop. Um, really, really good, being run by Patrick Castellan, and Lou. And then Colin Showtime, Claren... Was running, ladies and gentlemen, for the second time this week, Rotbringer Sorcerer Coven. Three units of them. Uh, sorry, three units of Rotbringer uh, Sorcerers. Ten Blight Kings holding the center ground. Five Blight Kings, all in uh, Expert Conquerors, along with a unit of ten Blade Bearers. So that's going to count as 30. 15 for the five butcher Blight Kings. And then two units of Pusco Blight Lords in Bounty Hunters. This, I think, is an incredible list. Ravenorks Gnashing Jaws, Five Shards of Alagar, and a Purple Sun of Sheesh. So, um, again, everything I said about the Rotbringer War Scroll affecting the other spells is really, really fun. And that's it. That's everything from the German event. Shout out to everyone there. Our final event uh, was the Basement Wargamers Summer Slaughter Age of Sigmar Grand Tournament. Now, I was actually at this event. Uh, it was in the United States of America, but I travelled over. Uh, the Basement Wargamers um, uh, crowdfunded to fly me out to their event and do live coverage of it all weekend. So many of these games or many of these lists you can see online on the T-Sports Network. And we recorded some of those games in full for you to watch on the T-Sports Network uh, Patreon when I put them up later today slash tomorrow. So... Um we won't talk about them in intense detail because many of that much of that was covered at the weekend, so you could check it out. But let's talk about some of those elements. Anthony Trentinelli, uh, with his host of Snash, Lurid Hayes, won the event and also went five-o. Carl Ong uh, was carrying on Overlord's Barak Zilfin, he went five-o. And then Mike Vaginos, um, with his Seraphon Thunderlizard also went five-o. Now, there's 100 people at this event 104 person event uh, so it was a really really big event so we got lots of four ones as well so i won't share them out i won't go through those in detail but let's look at the five o's in detail and we saw many of these play on the stream uh, the seraphon list is the one that we did not stream but we uh, did not see on the stream but we have seen it loads as well uh, seen seen it before really end of the day i'm struggling we've seen it loads before on the stream and this is played by Mike Vaginos, who's an excellent wargamer. He was playing Seraphon, Coalesced, Thunder Lizard, so minus one damage. And he's playing Astros Banner Bearer, Croak, Celestan Prime, and the Engine of the Gods. Three units, uh, two units of ten skinks, five Soros Guard, and then three Bacillodons with Arcosotech with the Horragast. Now, we have seen this a lot Uh, Before, in the previous version of Age of Sigmar, so Age of Sigmar 3.2, we saw this at Worlds, we've seen this win events previously, Uh, this has done really well. It's basically a mortal wound bomb spell, uh, in conjunction with Croak, the Celestine Prime, the Engine of the Gods. You have the ability to do lots of AoE mortal wounds to multiple units, if at the end... Oh, thank you to Vislav in the chat for donating 5 gift subs. Woohoo! Uh, if at the end uh, of turn two you've got any five wound characters left alive, I don't think the Seraphon player will be playing as well as they could have. The basilon with Archosotec are annoying because they hold objectives and they're very difficult to kill, and they also will on average do three mortal wounds piece as well. So that's nine mortal wounds from those. And the Soros Guard is going to protect Croak, um, and Engine of the Gods is one of the best fighting units in the game. Uh, with the Prime Warbeast command trait and Beastmaster. Now, I know for a fact uh, that the run uh, the run for Mike was pretty tough. He had some tough matchups, uh, especially a Seraphon mirror, so congratulations to him. He might have had two Seraphon mirrors, uh, so well done to him. Anthony Tretnelli, who won the event, was playing Lurid Haze Invaders Host. Now, you can take D3 units off the board after deployment has finished uh, before the game starts. He had Sigvald, the Contorted Epitome, and the Kronspine... Uh, Bladebringer, Herald on Seeker Chariot. Uh, so this is just a Bladebringer. Then two units of 22 Bliss Barb Archers and another unit of Bliss Barb Archers as Battle Line. 5 centigore, 10 gore and the cron spine incarnate along with geminids and the purple sun. Now the geminids can be cast through your army and it does one mortal wound to each unit which means you generate depravity points which is really good. The bliss archers are also good for um, shooting lots of units and generating more depravity and the centigore and gore are great cheap screens for making it so that you don't get hit. Siegwald is a great unit for coming off the board and then coming back on the board uh for being able to charge in. And of course the Crown Spider does what Cron Spin Carnets do, which is guard the enemy. We've seen we've seen this list play on the stream, and it seems like a lot like um people just kind of charged it thinking it was weak and they did not. All- yes, Plizzark in the chat. I got to meet him at the weekend. Let's go. Love you, Plizzark. Great to meet you. Uh, so yeah, just some really good just some really good plays. Like, uh, you've got lots of utility, you've got lots of shooting for the Bliss Archers. You're looking at a 100 shots from that uh, those three units of Bliss Archers at range. You've got a really fighty Cron Spine, really fighty Sigvald. Uh, Contorted Pitme is a great caster, um, so being able to cast those endless spells uh, to, to spike all of the uh, summoning that you can do. Um, and then the Bladebringer is also great on the charge as well. So just a very hyper-efficient... Um, a Sinesh list, and at the end of the day uh, he's going to be super happy with that result, so Snesh is doing really well uh, did get the opportunity to speak to Anthony, he said it was a bit, st- bit stressful uh, some of the games, but he d- he did a great job, and he should be super happy with it so that's Heathenite Sinesh going 5-0 uh, and then Carriage and Overlords Carl the Ball sees up B's down um, <laughs> he was running Zilfin he had an Aether Chemist, a Navigator and an Admiral then 3 lots of 10 Arkonaut Company, 10 Thunderers, ten, uh, 1 Gun Hauler, then the Ironclad and the uh, Crossmine Incarner and the Purple Sun. So very much like what we said previously with the other KO list as well, we're looking at Purple Suns being dropped down, loads of shooting attacks coming out of the Ironclad and also the Thunderers, uh, which is really good. Uh, then the cron spine will go eat monsters to stay alive uh, which is very effective um, and that's the list really like it's it's just a real strong alpha turn one list um, and then just the ability to just keep fighting and if the incarnate can fight it out uh, you know you could do all the shooting to back up the incarnate so when he charges in he he will eat something and then he'll level up uh, so, Carl's got to be super chuffed with that. He had a really tough path to victory, especially his final game against Bill the Cool King Sousa. So, a huge congratulations to him. Um, he should be really chuffed with that. Now, in the 4-1 bracket, it's too many to mention, but Joe Shoemaker with Carriage Overlords, Overlord. Big shout out there. Caleb Waters, who ended up winning best overall at the event with Disciples of Zinch. Really fun list, a bit like Toby's uh, as well. He had an incarnate that you had an LED that you could turn on and off. It was amazing, and they were all Santa Claus themed. I liked it, Jacob Brandon with a really, really great uh, Scaven Tide list. Loads of teleports in his list as well. Uh, a big shout out to Jacob. Um, he had he had uh, a Corrupter and a Deceiver for the teleports, as well as some Gisales. You don't see that very often. Nate Trentnelly with his Night Haunt list going 4-1, only losing to Caleb in that 4-1 bracket as well. Emma Mangles with Scaven Tide list also going 4-1. Big shout out. Owen Jackson with Silverneth Hartwood list as well, only losing to Jacob uh, and his uh, Scaven list. Uh, Evan Beckius with his skaven Tide list. Congratulations to Evan. Oh, that was that's wasn't that Evan's first event? Oh, Evan, well done. Bill Souza with his Firelayers Lothnia list, a pretty unique list as well. You don't see much at all. Uh, congratulations to him. Bill Hennessy with his Silverneth Hartwood list, really good. Uh, Basil, yes. The richest man in Warhammer. He got a raise last year for a quarter of a million pounds. So Basil in Ferrara. Um, me and him are going to watch Waterworld at some point uh, with his Seraphon Thunder Lizard list. Uh, Ryan Laveau with his Stormcast Eternals list. Sam Gould with his Blazer Corn list. That deserves a special shout-out as well. Only losing to Owen Jackson. Blazer Corn, Reapers of Vengeance. Saw it on stream. Scarbrand, Big Bloodthirster, Little Bloodthirster. Sorry, Boomthirster, char- Piling Bloodthirster. Uh, a bunch of screens. Love that. I think that that was really good. Shout out to Sam. Um, I really like that list if you want to go check it out. Uh, David Clam with Stormcast Eternals. Uh, and Stephen Mazeo with the Cities of Sigmar. Uh, so a special shout out to him. Uh, I think probably uh, also I want to shout out Bill. Is he on here? No, come on, Bill. Where are you? Uh, let's go. Bill, Bill, no, Bob, there we go, Bob Pisano, uh, coming in 1-4, that's all you needed, Bob, you did great, proud of you, um, so yeah, that's it, um, the only person who can afford to play Warhammer is Basil in that's true, um, okay, still a breakdown of our thoughts and feelings at the end of this, uh, haven't written anything down, so I'm just going to go off the top, number one, those rockbringer lists, what the fuck? are we talking about with Rotbringer right now that's crazy stuff love that um lists that were good before I think are still strong I still think Thunder Lizard and Seraphon lists are strong anyway I think Sons of Behemoth will make a comeback um I think Nighthaunt is good but susceptible in a bounty hunter meta uh I think Sylvanath are really strong really really strong uh, I really do. I think anti magic is, is feels like a key, and I think I Jaws players could probably dust off a bunch of uh, gorgrunners and run around. Um, yeah, some very interesting lists over the course of uh, over the course of today, um, and that's what's so fun. Uh, that's what's so fun at the start of this edition. Is you get loads of great. Uh, loads of great lists and loads of great players. Try and really st- fun stuff out with stuff that you previously had play still being as effective. Uh, I-, I gotta say, flies still feel really good as well. But like, there's so many lists that I think can do really well that I would struggle right now to really shout out something that I think is too good. And I don't think maybe there is anything that's too good. Obviously, the crunch mine incarnate is a problem, but the crunch mine incarnate feels like a problem for a bunch of lists that really need it which I think is kind of unique in, in in the game we're going into a magic heavy meta an anti-magic heavy meta and then the incarnate kind, of, kind of like really lifts up in that some armies really could do with it we talked about cruel boys earlier as an example um, could maybe do with it so I wouldn't be surprised if we see it all the time um, but I don't know if it's like guaranteed I don't think it's guaranteed to get you a five o. So so uh, maybe we'll get some like breakdown on stats of that and eventually in the future I'm not sure Okay, well, don't forget, if you want to visit any of the sites, I'll include them all in the show notes below. Um, If you are listening to this as a podcast, then you can stay hydrated and and click all those links. If you listen to it on YouTube, please do like and subscribe and leave some comments and stuff below and let me me know what you think is good at the moment in the game. If you watch this back live on Twitch, thank you very much for doing so. Thank you to Plizark for donating five gift subscriptions in the chat. Yeah, it's been lovely hanging out with you. Uh, So thank you to everyone on Twitch and we'll see everyone soon. Goodbye